of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Well, hello, good day to you, and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, continuing the Psalm Project, and it brings us today to Psalm 39. We are getting through this. I expect this entire project to run uh, through probably at least uh, half of 2023, uh, which would make this a year and a half, maybe even a two-year project, as I'm trying to do two a week last week. Um, I did not obviously um, submit, uh, put out a podcast. I took a break from it. So for those of you, the two or three of you that listen, I apologize. Um, anyway, we are here at Psalm 39. And uh, so let me just give you a little bit about Psalm 39, it really talks about the measure of the days of man, the futility of chasing after vain things. And uh, in our English translations, many will have the title to the choir master, to Jejethon, a psalm of David. It is attributed to David. It is a lament, and it is more personal and autobiographical than most psalms as we read this, and we will see. And the author here seems to have been an older, more reflective person, similar to the writer uh, of Ecclesiastes. You'll see his anger in verses 2 or 3, and it's it's not unlike Job's anger in the book of Job. Uh, So uh, there are some similarities here, and there's this theme of, hey, I've experienced life, now I realize all of this junk that I've chased after is vain. And how often do we do this? As human beings, how often do we think if I could just do this one more thing, if I could travel to this one place or get this much more money or get this one degree, I'm guilty of that. If I could do any of these things, then I will be satisfied and it never satisfied. It always leaves us wanting more. So let me read Psalm 39, beginning of verse one. I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle. So long as the wicked are in my presence, I was mute and silent and I held my peace to no avail and my distress grew worse. My heart became hot within me as I mused, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Oh Lord, make me know the end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths. And my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of the fool. I am mute. I do not open my mouth, for it is you who have done it. Remove your stroke from me. I am spent by the hostility of your hand. When you discipline a man with rebukes for sin, you consume like a moth. 
what is dear to him. Surely all mankind is a mere breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears, for I am a sojourner with you, a guest like all my fathers. Look away from me that I may smile again before I depart and am no more. So David here begins this psalm by speaking of the tongue. And I'm reminded how often scripture speaks not only of the heart, but of the tongue. And the scripture Jesus said, out of the overflow of the mouth or of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so what is in our heart will come out in our tongue. Uh, James talks about taming the tongue. In verse 1, he says, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. So in other words, there's this connection that the source of sinning with the tongue is his ways, the core of who he is. And so the, the psalmist here may have been questioning the prosperity of the wicked and feared that if he spoke in his anger and frustration, he might, he might say something offensive to God. If you want to know what's in a person's heart, listen to what they say. And he talks about a muzzle. I will guard my mouth with a, with a muzzle. Many of us are familiar, uh, familiar with muzzles on dogs, keeping them from bite, uh, biting. This is to keep him from speaking. He desires to speak out and has to force himself to be quiet. That is an intentional effort. How often on our part, not just the tongue, but think about it. nowadays, it's the, the cell phone or the, the computer keyboard. We have to force ourselves not to say meaningless and worthless stuff, which is most of what we say, quite honestly. In verse 2, my distress grew worse. And the psalmist right here represents his feelings, but he couldn't do away with them, and so he finally speaks to God about it. Verse 4, O Lord, make me know my end, what is the measure of my days. So their own short, hard lives in this time, tempted with the faithful as they compared them to the prosperity of the wicked, it makes him question God's wisdom and judgment, justice. I've spoken before about David probably faced some sort of physical ailment at some point or multiple points in his life. Uh, we'll see this in, in Psalm 88 in verse 5. Um, Psalm 88, verse 5, he says, Like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave. His condition here is so bad that people basically treat him as if he's already dead, particularly his enemies. And so his distress, this could have been during a time of physical ailment, his distress grows, as he says. In verse 6, Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in, in turmoil. Or the Hebrew says, Surely as a breath they are in turmoil. So the, the Hebrew word here is translated mere breath. And the sentiment is similar to what is found in the book of Ecclesiastes. Let me read you Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 5, beginning in verse 8. If you see 
In a province, the oppression of the poor and the violation of justice and righteousness do not be amazed at the matter, for the high official is watched by a higher. And there are yet higher ones over them, but this is gain for a land in every way, a king committed to cultivating fields. Ecclesiastes goes on in verse 18. It says, Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun, the few days of his life that God has given him, for this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. For he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with his joy in his heart. In other words, this stuff that the wicked, and, and in this case, the wicked who are wealthy and seem to be experiencing joy, the stuff that they work for, this is the measure of their reward. Whereas for us who follow God, no matter how bad things get here on earth, our reward is infinitely greater. But this is the measure of their reward. For nothing they are in turmoil, the psalmist says. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. In other words, he collects all this stuff, but it's pointless because he has no clue where it goes. Verse 10, remove your stroke from me. I am spent by the hostility of your hand. This could be sickness, but it could include depression and other setbacks that the psalmist might be referring to. And then in verse 12, hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears, for I am a sojourner with you, a guest like my father's. So the psalmist has passed from anger to weeping, and the strong emotion of the psalm here makes its final prayer especially vivid. You'll notice in many of these psalms and these laments, the psalmist turns the lament into praise and focuses rightly on God, who alone is the source of strength, of provision, of comfort, and joy. And so it's a relatively short psalm. It did turn out to be eight stanzas. Uh, So, here is Psalm 39. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones.
spoke this earnest word Lord make me Your pilgrim as my father 